0: Welcome to the Tear Out the Tags podcast, where you learn to remove the labels that are holding you back. Your life is increasingly defined by simple words that are meant to categorize you. These words are turned into hashtags, making you feel stuck with a limited definition of what you can be in this world. Tags, though helpful online, are ineffective at fully describing how big and extraordinary you are. Let's get started. Hello and happy Friday to this wonderful, courageous, emboldened community. I am so excited to announce that today, Andy Storch is joining us from Orlando, Florida, where he lives with his amazing family. Andy is the host of two incredible podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat and the Own Your Career, Own Your Life show, as well as the founder and host of the Talent Development Think Tank conference and community. Andy is passionate about helping people fulfill their true potential, and his new book, brand new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life, is designed to help people stop drifting and take control of their futures. Most importantly, Andy is a husband, father, and friend who is on a mission to get the absolute most out of life and inspire others to do the same. You will be shocked at what Andy reveals today in this amazing episode hang tight to learn how he is building bridges and connecting people in such a unique and special way and how he is able to keep an unbelievable mindset even in the face of adversity and the reality of life. Hello, Andy Storch. Welcome back to the show.
1: Hello, B. I I am so excited to be here and to... Uh... I guess have the tables turned and uh, let you interview me today, this is exciting.
0: Yes, yeah, I say welcome back because you generously took the host microphone just a few weeks ago and allowed me to be a guest on my podcast, Tear Out the Tags. And now today we are gonna dive into Andy Storch's tags and he's ready to get personal and talk business and share with us all of the amazing things he's working on. So let's dive in. I just want to say, on top of all of the other things that you do, you're like the master of everything in this world that everybody wants to be, but you're also a super generous friend. So I'm going to give you that tag today for coming and hosting and offering to do such a great thing for me on, on my new podcast. So thank you, Andy.
1: Thank you, and you're welcome. I will ex- gladly accept that tag.
0: Yes. So let's dive in first. To this new huge thing happening in your life. You are about to add a new tag and I would I would argue you already have, but you are launching in um, less than a week. You're launching on Monday. And what are you launching?
1: Well, for anybody listening, uh, it's launched, right? My new book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And uh, I've done a lot of things in my life. And uh, one of those things, one, one thing that I've dreamt about doing, thought about doing was writing a book. Um, But for many years, I didn't know what that would be or if I had a book in me. And now I do. So an idea came to me about a year ago. And I started working on it on January 1st, 2020 and wrote it, put a lot of work into it, editing all that stuff. And on November 16th of this year, 2020, I published my first book called Own Your Career, Own Your Life.
0: Oh, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. What an incredible accomplishment. And tell, tell me, what is Own Your Career, Own Your Life?
1: Well, B, I've been working in um, corporate consulting for many years and I've been lucky. I've had the opportunity to work with executives and managers and employees from different companies and industries and travel all over the world. And uh, I've been fascinated to learn from others. To, I've got an opportunity to teach. Um, I run workshops on leadership development teaching strategy and finance and business acumen and things like that. Leadership has been the most common over the last couple of years. And one thing I've noticed is that a lot of corporate professionals and, and people in general tend to be kind of drifting through life, operating in reaction mode, uh, waiting for others, their boss or other people to tell them what to do, you know, suppressing their hopes and dreams because they don't believe in themselves or they're afraid to take a chance or they're hoping that something is going to come along to help them do the thing they want to do. And, you know, accepting the tags that society might put on them, right, or others. And uh, I wrote this book to, number one, to wake people up and, and just give people a little bit of jolt and, and encourage them to take full ownership of their life, which, of their career, uh, which means taking full responsibility, taking initiative, taking action towards your goals, not waiting for others to tell you what to do. And I also want to help people prepare for the future, future career changes, future of work layoffs, um, you know, challenges that might come up, whatever it may be, because, uh, you know, no one's going to be ready for anything specifically. Like we weren't ready for this global pandemic that has hit us this year in 2020, but there are a lot of things you can do to help set yourself up for success in the future. And so I wanted to lay those out and give people advice, uh, especially in the corporate space, because there's a lot of advice for entrepreneurs on building a brand and things like that. And I wanted to give something that was a little more applicable to people in the corporate space. And then I also wanted to help people shift mindsets, take more ownership, really be able to live a happier and more fulfilled life and take some of the lessons that I've learned through my own personal development journey, share advice and let people obviously take it and do what they want with it. But there's a lot in there, not only on how to do these things, but really how to put them into practice because I want people to take full action on this. So it's a lifetime of experience, especially the last few years of all the work that I've done on myself and helping others, as well as hundreds of interviews I've done, advice from others, learning from mistakes of others, and putting it all in this one book that I think has the power to really change people's lives if they're willing to lean into it.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, when you talk about somebody kind of feeling like they're they're a victim of their circumstance and kind of being stuck and waiting for somebody to tell them how to live their life, we see this trend kind of over and over again. So you've done this recently. You've stepped away from something that was safe. You were fantastic and talented at it. You were with a really respectable and wonderful company and you took a huge risk. So you're sort of your own avatar here in that you've just taken this massive life change and run with it. And so tell me about that.
1: Yeah. I mean, just like we talked about when I interviewed you for the show, I think it's so important that When we're out there giving advice, it comes from a level of experience. Like, I've been through this. I've done this. Here are the things that have worked for me, not worked for me, that I see working for others. My journey through personal development and all these changes started back in 2016 when I started getting into personal development after I read a book called The Miracle Morning by Hal Elrod. And uh, I started doing all these things to get to know myself better, my strengths, my weaknesses, limiting beliefs, my dreams, and start to take steps towards those. One of those was that I wanted to become an entrepreneur. I wanted to run my own business. I knew I wanted to you know, control my own destiny, build my own brand. I felt like I was okay with the risk involved with that. I didn't know quite how. So I went on a journey of exploration, You know, went to conferences, read books, learned as much as I could, joined mastermind groups, hired coaches, things like that. And uh, I was working for a consulting company called BTS for many years, fantastic company, great culture. And I left there about three years ago to join a, a smaller firm as an independent consultant. So it was 1099, sort of running my own business within the confines of this business. And so that, that at the time, my friends and I viewed that as kind of the bridge into entrepreneurship. It wasn't full on, but I was kind of making my own destiny. It was like a commission-only sales, if you will. And I started building a brand. I launched a couple of podcasts, including the Talent Development Hot Seat, which is like my business podcast to help me build a network in my niche. And, uh, that allowed me to connect with so many people learn so much and then grow an audience. And And it grew so much. I ended up hosting a conference with a friend of mine back in January, 2020 called the talent development think tank, uh, which was a huge hit. We had 150 people there. Everybody loved it. And, um, my business, my main business, which was essentially selling and running in-person training workshops, leadership development workshops. I was flying all over the country and the world running these programs. Um, my business took a huge hit when COVID hit in March because I everything got canceled, right? I wasn't running any in-person workshops anymore. And uh, this was a big challenge, but I, you know, I'm always up for a challenge. And so we started working on selling and running some virtual programs. Companies took a long time to come around. And as I was working on other things, I was working on this book, I had ideas, I wanted to launch a membership community in that space, the talent development space. It occurred to me that this was really the time to make another pivot and go completely out on my own as an entrepreneur. If there was ever an opportunity, this was it. Even though we were in the middle of a pandemic, people were getting laid off, challenges left and right. I saw it as the opportunity, the time. And so I took that chance and uh, I launched the membership community that I run called the Talent Development Think Tank. The next thing I did is I hosted a virtual summit, which had almost 2000 people attend and uh, was great for building relationships and brand. Uh, And then all the while working on this book and now, I go into the book launch and now I'm building a brand and everything around this, making another pivot to say, Hey, own your career, own your life. I see so much potential with this to really impact people. Uh, So I'm going to put this book out there. I'm going to create, you know, find speaking engagements, create courses, community, all that sort of stuff is in the plans and uh, we'll see where it goes. And if it doesn't work out, then I'll pivot and try something else. But I think with a growth mindset, which is something that drives me, I know that, I need to try this and if for some reason it it quote fails then I'll learn from it and I'll I'll pivot and do something else like I said.
0: Well, I highly doubt you're going to fail as I've seen you succeed at a number <laughs> of things and you just as you rattle off the the it's like there are hundreds of things you're working on as a listener just just you know kind of an audience member hearing you say all that you've accomplished. Right. And I think when we look at people who are accomplishing and achieving and moving and owning their career and owning their life, right? We're, we're not. And so, um, you know, a, as a listener, if I'm stuck, I look at Andy and I go, well, I can't do that. Th- this guy has more energy than, than anybody on the planet. And he's doing this and he's doing that and he's doing Like, you know, he's just on fire and I do, I see you like that you're on fire and you've built all these things, but I do know that you've run into some tags along the way. And each of these steps that you've built, you've kind of run into your own roadblocks. And I'm wondering if you would share with those of us that are stuck, those of us who are, you know, wanting to maybe leave a certain position or, or expand within a company that we're with, what sort of tags did you run into that you had to overcome?
1: Yeah, um, it, it, I definitely have dealt with those. And it's, it's funny to me to hear you say that and say, oh, you know, be the person that's being interviewed. Everyone's going, oh, I can't believe you did all this stuff. Um, I just did the work, right? I, so the biggest tag to get past that was the hardest for me and it's going to be hard for a lot of other people is, is the, tag of, it, it's the tag of, it really comes from comparison. It's the tag mm-hmm. of I'm a regular person who's not capable of going out and achieving big things. And that person that I'm listening to on a podcast or on YouTube or whatever I'm watching, um, you know, I look at B, well, of course she's successful or, or Andy, of course he's successful because he's, you know, one of those influent, influencer people or whatever, right? Um, but we're just regular people who have been following our dreams. And yes, everybody has a different background, a different situation, different resources, you know, money, um, a network, help, whatever it may be. But- I had to get past the tag of like, even though I, I so wanted the success that I'm moving towards, I was so desirous of running my own business, of making a lot of money, of having a big network, of hosting my own events and speaking on stages and and being, you know, people wanting to interview me on podcasts and things like that. I There was still always something inside of me that said, well, that's not really going to happen because you're just a regular guy. Um, that's for other people. Mm. And- there was actually a moment, it was kind of funny. Uh, I was at a mastermind retreat hosted by our friend, Vincent Puglese that runs the Total Life Freedom Group back in, it was the first one he did in Pittsburgh. I think this was summer 2018. And uh, we were sitting in a room talking about this. And I, I said, like, I want all these things, um, but I'm just a regular guy. I don't know if it's ever gonna happen. It's hard for me to move past that. And there was a guy in the room named Adam McCarty. He used to be in our mastermind group and uh he just you know he never spoke much the whole week but he just looked at me and he said andy the only difference between you and them is that they're doing it mm-hmm. and i was like what the how, how can i argue with that so i'm like <laughs> all right fine so i guess i'll just go do it so since then i've just been i've just been building it like you you know if i want to go i want to launch a membership community i'm going to learn how to do it and i'm going to go build it if i want to start a podcast i'm going to learn how to do it and i'm going to go do it if i want to write a book I'm going to learn how to do it and I'm going to go do it. Now, the really important things that I have done that have helped me along the way is number one, I said learn how to do it. So while it's, I, while it is sometimes seem like I'm a whirling dervish and I'm like doing all these crazy things and I'm trying all kinds of stuff, I rarely go into something big without taking time to learn how to do it. And that usually means taking a course, hiring a coach, um, hiring a mentor connecting with people that have done it before and interviewing them and learning as much as I can. So when I went to host a virtual summit, I invested a couple thousand dollars in a three-day virtual workshop hosted by the man who has hosted many, 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 many virtual summits. And I learned everything I could from him. And then we built it. When I decided that I was going to publish this book, I invested several thousand dollars in going through a course run by Honoré Cordor, who is a woman who has published over 50 books and coached countless other people to publish books and now she is a mentor who I text and call on a regular yeah, and basis when I have she's fabulous,
0: questions. yes, oh. yeah.
1: Yeah, she's amazing, right? And, and I've also become friends with so many other authors who I call on a regular basis. Someone like Rachel Richards, who you know, yeah. uh, who has two books, who have been, has been very successful. I call her all the time with questions and she helps me. So I don't try to do any of this on my own. I think that's really important. Um, number two is I have built, I have been really um, focused on building a network throughout all this time. So I'm always connecting with people. And you know when we started this out, you put the tag of generosity on me. And that is something that, I don't know if I ever thought of myself as generous, but I think of myself as connecting, as relationship oriented, as being helpful, as being supportive. And as I've connected with all these people over the years, when I go to then do something and someone can help me in that realm, I find that people are eager to help me. Like the number of people in the last couple of weeks who have said, oh, I heard you're launching a book soon. Let me know when I can buy it. Let me know how I can po- when I can post on social media. Let me know how I can support you. It's, it's amazing to me. It's so awesome. And it's because I have been seeking those people out and building relationships and looking to help them, usually with no expectations, not trying to get something from them, right? And so this, it builds over time so that one day you wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, I have this network. I have these people That are willing to help me. And you never stop. And by the way, in my book, I've got two chapters about how to build a network, where to go, how to do it. And I'm lucky, lucky is a weird word, right? But I was about a little more than halfway right through writing this book when COVID hit and everything shut down. Um, and I went back and edited a lot of this stuff to say, how do you network, how do you build a personal brand in a post-COVID world, in a virtual world? Because I had so much in there about going to conferences and networking events and things like that, uh, that we can't necessarily do anymore, at least as we're recording this. Having that network has been really important. Another thing about that network, going back to the tag that you mentioned, because I still have this tag of, I'm this regular guy. Am I capable of doing all this stuff? Um, total imposter syndrome when people are telling me how great I am. And I'm like, I don't, you know, what? what if yes, they find yeah. out? That's the, like, that's the the mantra of the person with big, big imposter syndrome is what if they find out, right? they think that I'm really great, but what if they find out that I'm yeah. really who What about I when am? they find
0: out I'm a regular person, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: What if they find, like, they think I'm so great. What if they find out I'm not, right? right. Um, it's taken a while to own the fact that, yeah, I am great at all this stuff. And though I want affirmations and accolades, I still want to be, a person of the people and it makes me uncomfortable sometimes when people put me on a pedestal, but I've realized what my strengths are and what I bring to the table and that it's okay to be recognized for that stuff. And it's been very helpful to have friends and, you know, join masterminds and things for people to say like, no, you are doing well at this. Let me give you credit for that. You need to own it and stop being such an idiot and avoiding this stuff. Um, Because having that imposter syndrome, like frankly, it's, it's cost me, money. It's cost me the brand because early on, even though I had a podcast for nearly a year, I never tried to capitalize on it because my mindset was always, even though I have this podcast, nobody cares. Mm. And it's interesting. And it's still, I think I still have a little bit of that. So it's interesting to me when we start talking today, right before we started recording, you said to me that you've been binge listening to my podcast and that you absolutely love it, right? There's great stuff. And I'm like, Wow, that's really cool. I really appreciate yes. that.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. I doing- actually I knew about your um, talent development hot seat podcast, and so that's what I knew of Andy Storch. And as I've gotten to know you, I you know I find I find out the number of things that you're also doing. And so I found the Andy Storch show, and I have I've been binge listening. I found several episodes yesterday that just really resonated with me. And I think it's a really Mm -hmm. important topic because you oftentimes sort of refer to um, talking, speaking to men and men's issues. And uh, you know, I talk a lot on female and female issues, but you know, there's a really common tie between the two. And I think there needs to be a conversation happening between the two genders, you know, in the corporate space, uh, there's been a big conversation that's sort of separated genders and separated mentorship. Um, And there's many reasons that that has happened, but I do think it's important for relationship divide and, you know, especially under a COVID world that we start really bridging that gap and coming together again. Um, I want to also go back to, it's so interesting and this is what I love about tags. You started saying that with, Oh, I don't know if I would call myself generous. And then Mm -hmm. as you describe what your mission is and how you connect to people and how you're relationship driven and all of the things that you do, To really hone that network and you defined in what it is in my mind, generosity. And so it's so interesting how sometimes we won't wear those really strong and positive tags, um, yet we'll wear imposter syndrome or we'll wear comparison. And I think this is an important message that people need to hear that even someone like you who is incredibly generous and is powerful and moving and inspiring and doing all these really positive things, we have a tendency to pick up on those those few negative tags and, and look at how they can block us. You said multiple times, I I just felt like I was a regular guy. And on this show, we talk a lot about being sort of painted as average, but everyone you pass in life is extraordinary. They're just their own brand of extraordinary. And so what I heard you say was when you tore out the tag, I'm just a regular guy, it's like you just rip up that tag and suddenly you could take those steps and into finding your extraordinary, because it was always in you. All of this, mm. the book, the podcast, the yeah. summits, the, everything you've done was always stacked inside Andy. But man, that regular guy tag had to get out of the way, right? He, you had to bulldoze him right it had, out. <laughs> it had to. I think
1: you can be a regular guy and hang out with people, right? And you can be also extraordinary and lead people. And I think it's important to be able to do both, a regular gal, right? And still yes. be out there leading people and someone... And I think that, um, you know, sometimes people ask me, like, what's the biggest challenge in leadership? Because I I do leadership development workshops and stuff. I think that there's always this pressure. People think to be a leader, you have to be the smartest person in the room, when leadership is really about enabling people around you, inspiring people around you. Mm So when I embrace that too, I don't have to be the smartest person who has all the answers. I'm the person that excites people, that inspires people, that brings people together. I'm a community builder, a bridge builder, a networker, a connector. Um, I have those labels. A couple of the things I wanted to touch on because of what you were saying. Number one, the generosity thing is it's very interesting. And I think this is emblematic of so many other tags that we put on ourselves is that we base it, the tag, on the definition in our mind, not necessarily others. So mm-hmm. often when I think of generosity, I think of giving... Uh, gifts in a certain way, and mm-hmm. I I have always been really bad with giving gifts. I, I don't. I aspire to give gifts to clients and friends, but I hardly ever do it. I don't even barely give gifts to my family over like Christmas and the holidays. Um, I just I'm just like that's not my thing, and so I think like am I really that generous? I'm not the first person who steps up and and helps people when they're sick or um, gives gifts to people over the holidays or just like does nice things just because. But like to your point, I'm always looking for ways to help people. Mm -hmm. Um, If someone is launching a new book or a product or a podcast or something who is a friend of mine, I'm like right there to try to support them. Just this morning at like 6 a.m., I noticed that our friend uh, Christine Huey launched her new podcast. And I jumped on there and listened to it. And I left her a review. And I think it was the first review on there. And I was excited to do that. Uh, And I'm always trying to do those things. And so I think the point that I'm even getting to, I'm like having this revelation as we're talking right now <laughs> is that we, generosity is important. We all get to be generous in our own ways, right? It doesn't have to be sending gifts or flowers to people. It could be giving time or supporting them by posting on social media or whatever you have that you can give that is valuable to them. And it's the same thing for every everything else. You don't think of yourself as, creative because you've never been very good at art but what if there's so many other creative things that you could be doing right or you don't think of yourself as entrepreneurial because you don't think you can run a business but there could be other things you do and it's we have to get past those labels uh, those tags those limiting beliefs that are holding us back and then the other thing I wanted to touch on too with the um, the imposter syndrome and the comparison is, is part of it is I am so big on authenticity. Mm-hmm. My biggest fear is, as I'm creating a big brand, doing everything I'm doing, is that people are someone's going to come to me and say, "Oh, you're not really who you say you yeah. are, right?" And you said to me recently that you've been disappointed with some people you follow because you saw what you think, or maybe their true colors, and they they let you down. Like That's I don't neat. ever want to be that person. I'm going to be me, and I am not for everybody, right? right. There are some people who are going to be listening to this or be like, "Screw that guy." Right yeah. but there's going to be other people that are going to be like, "Yes, I like what he's saying, I want to follow him, and I always want to be true to myself." Um, and then the last thing I wanted to say on comparison and I have a chapter on this in my book, because it's so important, when you are trying to achieve great things, when you are starting to connect with a network and follow inspirational people who are doing big things, the comparison syndrome comes out, and you start to compare. You listen to this interview and you go, well, that's great for him. I could never achieve that, right? right? Which
0: is where Um, I was six months ago when I met Andy Storch. (laughs) Like I didn't meet Andy. I met Andy Storch in my mind. And I'll I'll be honest with, you know, with everyone that's listening, I was just starting to test what I'm working on. This, um, my brand wasn't even really a blip on the map yet. And, you know, and so I felt that comparison tag show up and, and comparing myself to you and what you're building and what you're doing.
1: And I do that that with other people Mm -hmm. all the time. And that's why I wrote the chapter in my book because I know it affects so many people. And so I wanted to explain what I do. I think it's so important if you're looking at someone and you're saying, oh, I can't believe they're doing all this great. And you're almost finding yourself rooting against them, right? Because you're like, ah, screw that person, right? Like, I don't want them to be successful. (laughs) Um, You got to shift from a mindset of scarcity to abundance, right? Which is that, remember this, there is an unlimited amount of success and money in the world. There's an unlimited amount of success and money in the world. Other people's success does not hold you back. There are rare exceptions. If you're working in a job where you have one colleague and there's one promotion available, like yes, you could be competing against them. But those those are exceptions to the rule. There's unlimited success, it's it's in abundance. So when you see your friends or other people being successful, they're not taking success away from you. And I would encourage people If you're listening to this and I am giving this advice to myself all the time to flip that and look at the person who is successful and say, what can I learn from them? That's really inspiring to let them inspire you and say, if they can do that, then I could probably do that too. If they can start a podcast, I could start a podcast. If they can get interviewed on a podcast, I could too. If they can build that network, I could too. Now we all have different strengths and weaknesses. We all have different abilities. We all have different resources. You know, you're not necessarily going to be whatever it is. Like maybe you want to be a famous artist, but eh, you're not that good at drawing or painting. Like that's okay. Right. But there are many things that we can achieve. And I've done a lot of work to flip that mindset to try to be inspired by people and say, Hey, what can I learn from them? And can I become friends yeah, with them? that's
0: It's profound advice too, because in, and you know this, and I know this, that when you judge people and you want yep. to tear them down, you're actually wasting an opportunity to connect with yeah. them and get them to sort of help drive you and navigate you in your journey. It's shocking to me in any industry, how many people are willing to mentor you. You know, um, I have a friend, her name is Sarah Spitz, and she talks about mentorship and she says, you need to go and you need to ask someone to Mm. be your mentor. And I had never heard that in my life. I thought that was such an amazing idea. And why are we not having this conversation? But you and I both have found that in our industries, that we can go and ask people for help and we can, you know, to what you just said, you called yourself a bridge builder. Now, mm-hmm. I love this bridge builder because you've, you've brought it up a couple of times and I've never heard that tag. So I love that you wear this bridge builder tag, but I also see the bridge builder tag in the title of your book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. We have this conversation swirling around our culture that's called work-life balance and, I, and somewhere uh, in the mix, work got 50% of the weight and life got 50% of the yeah. weight. And, and your yeah. book is speaking to these two, you know, in our perception, really separate worlds. And so I'm curious, yeah. how do you speak to work-life balance? Well,
1: yeah, everybody talks about this differently. I don't think there is work-life balance anymore. I think of it more as integration, right? Because it all kind of runs together. Um, I was at a conference a couple yes. of years ago. And uh, this guy said something on stage I'll never forget. He, he was talking about this and he said, um, we work from home, we shop at work. So why are we still trying to you know, separate these things, right? Because you're sitting there on Amazon at work, you know, or booking your hair appointment or whatever, and you're checking your email at home. And COVID has absolutely accelerated all this, right? Because now for the last eight months, for many people who always went to an office, they're working at home, their kids are around, Like you and I deal with this B, right? And everything's kind of integrated and um, it's really accelerated this. So the way I think about it now is you got to check in with your priorities and manage your time and think about, it's not necessarily about separating everything because the other factor of it too, you know, me being in this talent development world, I've gotten really into diversity, equity, and inclusion over the last few months um, with the rise of the social justice movement after the death of George Floyd in May Of 2020. uh, And so many organizations are waking up going, oh my God, we need to make sure we create a really diverse, inclusive culture. And one of the most important factors in that is that you create a culture that has psychological safety. And psychological safety means that Mm. people feel comfortable showing up to work as themselves. And we stop trying to say, well, I know that you are X in your personal life, but don't bring that here right? Now there are some things that are too much of a distraction, but for the most part, we can let people be themselves as long as they get their work done. And that's been accelerated and it's become much easier when everybody's working from home. Now we see, I'm on Zoom with all these people, you see people's plants and their cats and their pets and their people, their kids coming in. And it's like, it's all cool, right? Like nobody makes a big deal out of it anymore. So I think that has accelerated that. And people have gotten more productive. They've gotten more engaged with their teams actually uh, over this time. Now, the downside is that people are working more than they ever have. And it's causing burnout. It's causing, you know, risk of people uh, not really connecting as much with their family. Um, There's a lot of risk to this. So that's why I say it comes Mm -hmm. back to priorities. That means it it requires a really conscious effort to say, you know, how much do I want to work? What are my goals? Where is my time best spent? What boundaries do I want to draw? So for me, for instance, um, I have a lot of stuff going on. I'm very passionate about all the work I do. I love it. I, I, if I had nothing else to do, like I had, I didn't have a wife and two kids, I'd probably be working all the time because I, I, because I Mm -hmm. love it, but that's not the case. And I have, so I've created boundaries. So I always have dinner with my family every single night. I stop work by 6 PM. We have dinner together. We have family time. That doesn't mean I don't check my email in the evening or respond to some stuff. It's really, if it's really important Um, for me, it's all kind of integrated together. But I also tell people about my personal life, I get to know people, right, in business and personally. And for me, because I'm building a a personal brand, it all runs together. Now, you might be in a corporate business where it's not going to be as much like that. But I think it's the old days of like keeping things completely separate and like finding the right balance. I think that's gone. I think we just think of it more as an integration. How can I create a healthy integration where I'm getting my work done, I'm achieving my goals, and... I'm having the personal life I want, which might mean dinner with your spouse and kids every night. It might mean I have drinks with my friends at least once a week. It might mean I want to make sure I get to the gym five times a week, or I want to take a couple trips each quarter or each year with my family or on my own just to travel. Like you build that in and protect that and set boundaries so that you get that done. Otherwise um, we all go crazy. And we let work take consume us and take us over when in the grand scheme of things, you got to ask yourself how much it really matters, right? At the end of the day, you're not going to get to in your life and be like, man, I wish I worked more.
0: Yeah, no, you're not. You're certainly not. Well, and it's funny, you know, we're, we're very people focused as a society. And, you know, humans are built for relationships. And so you hear a lot of, um, you know, external people focus in, in the things that you do and the things that I do. You know, we have families, you have um, leadership, teams that you work with, you have corporations that you work with. So you have all these people around you that you're, you're seeking relationship with and you're doing things for. And a lot of tags, you know, we find ourselves a lot of times where the tags that we wear are sort of adopted from all these relationships. But what I just heard from you is that there's, there's a me at the center of that. And if Andy isn't fulfilled, if, if Andy isn't happy, if Andy doesn't have a social life or, you know, his health and, and things of that nature, that you're really doing yourself a disservice. And I think that this is both for own your career and own your life and also tear out the tags. People need to remember that you are still the center of your life, even though you're generous and and externally focused on the the people that you love and care about. But if you aren't taken care of, then there's something missing that is blocking you from really living and being fulfilled in your life. Um, And I want to take an opportunity to dive into something that you had shared with me that you were comfortable sharing today. We've talked about COVID, we've talked about the, the pandemic and how it's changed um, a lot of people's lives, a lot of people's worlds. There's a lot of different areas of struggle that people are going through right now. And so if, if I look at Andy Storch and everything that you're accomplishing, I might make the assumption that Andy has a perfect life. You have a perfect family, you've got two beautiful kids, you've got an amazing wife, I know her, she's fabulous. Um, you've got a book coming out. You've got, yeah. you know, just all this beautiful life stuff happening around you. And so tell me about there's a tag that has shown up for you that you did not get the choice to wear. So somebody just recently has handed you this tag um, and and you can share with us what that is. And I, I think it's a really important definition of how um, we can't control all of the tags we wear, and we're sort of pulled into the reality that life happens?
1: Well, I think, uh, and, and I'm happy to get into this, um, there there are so many things that happen in life outside of our control, but what's in our control is how we react to them. It's how we respond, yes. right? Um, and I think that includes whether we choose to wear the tag that could be given to us, right? And this is, as we're recording this, we get into this, Not even I haven't even made this decision, um, but I told you yesterday, and by the way, I, it, it like when you say, "Oh, Andy's life looks perfect," it just makes me <laughs> want to laugh. Like it's so ridiculous. Like my life is not perfect. Like there's so many things that could be better that I'm working on that I'm trying to improve. Like yeah, I get a lot of stuff done, but there's still plenty of stuff that could be better. I could be making a lot more money. Um, you know, my wife Courtney. Uh, we have a good relation, a great relationship. We've been married for 16 years. It could be better. I could be a better husband. Like, we're always talking, like, trying she's, to figure she's out. She's
0: laying down an amen. For- <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, she would agree. Like, oh, he could definitely be a much better <laughs> yeah. husband. Um, because I, I work too much sometimes and I don't, you know, schedule the date nights and things that we need to do uh, to work on our relationship. And it, that's a constant struggle and conversation that we have. Uh, but what I appreciate is that we are having that conversation often, we have it out. We both and been through a lot of personal development, and we have the language um, that allows us to kind of have that conversation and move things forward. Um, and so that's like that's kind of a constant struggle that I'm working on, and that I want to be better. And I know she wants to be better. Um, and so that's something. And then uh, having kids, and then having health challenges as well. So I recently—I didn't even talked about this on any podcast yet <laughs> anywhere, but. Um, I recently—I put found,
0: you right in the hot seat. I know.
1: I love it. Um, <laughs> I recently found out that I might have testicular cancer, and I say might because I don't know for sure uh, if I want that tag. Um, but uh, I have a it's like too um, TMI for a podcast. I have a lump on my testicle, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, according to the urologist I met with a couple of weeks ago, uh, the, the next thing I have to do is, is have my testicle removed, and then they'll examine the lump and see if it is cancerous. It most likely is. And then has it spread, and do I need to get chemo or, or whatever I need to, treatment I need to take care of it? and um, there when this came, and by the way, backdrop, uh, a couple of things to know. number one, my wife, Courtney, has struggled with health issues for years, and she also had cancer what, exactly one year ago she was diagnosed with thyroid cancer and had surgery to get past that, and she's okay now. I, on the other hand, have been pretty much a picture of perfect health my entire life other than. Shoulder surgery in college, and uh, just a few months ago, I broke my ankle and was on a cast and, and got a scooter, <laughs> oh, yeah, scooter. <laughs> for about four months. Um, but I'm like so determined in my mission on health that even after I broke my ankle, I got this this knee scooter, and I would scoot down to the gym every day, and I would still work out like six days a week. I was still doing yoga, like with a cast on. Um, it was crazy. People thought it was. It, it was
0: inspiring to watch. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, because I and I and I know people like I'll post this. People, and I want people to say like, well, shit, if he's doing it with a cast on and a broken ankle, like, what is my excuse? And I often, and I know that sometimes that puts people off, but a lot of times it inspires people. So I want to do that. So this was, when I got this news, this was very shocking. I've been in a lot of pain for about a month. I didn't know what it would be. Uh, It was definitely uh, holding me back in some areas. I was still getting work done. But this is shocking to me. And it took me a day or two to really um, accept it. And then once I did, I I kind of have a mantra I've learned from other people is like, the things that are outside of our control, we have to just accept and move on and focus on what's in our control. So now at this point, you're talking to me, I fully accepted it. I'm fine with it. It, I see it as part of my journey. It's the next challenge. I get to have surgery uh, right after my book comes out. And then I get to find out what the next steps are. And then I get to tackle the next journey. And the interesting thing is, I also get to potentially use this to help and inspire other people. So as you and I record this, I haven't posted publicly about it, but I have been telling a lot of friends. And one of the things this did for me, um, because I always like to look at challenges. I talk about this in my book, by the way, I have a chapter about mindset and there's three questions I like to ask when challenging situations come up. So number one is what's great about this? Number two is Mm -hmm. what can I learn from this? And number three is what does this make possible? And every challenge makes new things possible. Every challenge comes with silver linings. Every challenge comes with lessons. So with this one, I thought it's a, it's a, it's a great opportunity to take a renewed focus on my health. It's a great opportunity to uh, show more gratitude in my life for my family and what I have. And it's an opportunity to lean into something that makes me very uncomfortable. And that thing is that I, even though I said that when I'm going after these big business goals like virtual summit, book, et cetera, I will reach out for help, I will hire mentors, that sort of thing. When it comes to my personal life, I have a hard time asking for help. I really, really do. It's, and I know a lot of men struggle with this, especially and entrepreneurs, but um, it's been hard for me and I really struggle with sympathy. I cannot stand receiving people's sympathy like it just to the point that i don't want them to know about anything i'm struggling with because i don't even want to hear them say i'm sorry to hear that i'm thinking about you i don't know why that bothers me so much so i looked at that and i said this is an opportunity for me to lean into something that's uncomfortable i'm going to tell everybody about this that i come in contact with pretty much and i am going to ask for and accept help Mm. that is my commitment so I've been telling everybody, I'm going to post about it publicly. This is the first time I'm talking about it publicly on a podcast. And I'm going to lean into that and I'm going to let people help me because it's so silly to not ask let people help you when you think about how much I think about how much I enjoy helping others. Right. Right. I get right. such a kick out of helping, I get a high from helping others. So when you don't let people help you, you are denying them that. And I've done that many times. So no, oh,
0: that's an interesting twist. Yeah, it's you're, denying a selfish the
1: act. Opportunity. you're denying them the euphoria mm-hmm. of helping you. You're saying like, I know you want to feel good, but screw you, I'm not going to let you. I've done <laughs> many, many times in my life because I haven't let people help me. Um, one, of the mo- <laughs> one of the most blatant examples that for some reason, I never forget this. Uh, my family, we were traveling somewhere. We were at an airport. I was struggling with like six suitcases, trying to take on everything for my family. And this woman uh, looked over and said, hey, can I help you? I literally have nothing to do right now. My flight leaves in like three hours. And I was like, nope, sorry, I got this. I'm on my own. <laughs> and My wife was like, why don't you just let them help you? And I was like, you're right. So I've always reflected on it and said, you know what? I'm going to let people help me. I like helping other people. So I'm going to lean into that. And a perfect example of what can happen when you lean into it is very early on when I got this diagnosis a couple weeks ago, I was being interviewed uh, by a friend of mine named uh, Dale Uh, who is known as, he's got a big brand on LinkedIn, known as the Copier Warrior. And he started something called the Sales Rebellion. And I told him about it. And right away, he's like, oh, I have a couple friends who went through that. You want me to put you in connection, contact? And I was like, yes, I do. And he connected me with his client friend who had had the same surgery earlier this year. And I got on the phone with him and we had a great conversation. And that never would have happened if I didn't open up and share my challenge, my struggle so that Dale could help me. Uh, and so, uh, this is my renewed commitment right now that I will continue to open up and share this and um, and let people help me.
0: Yeah, that's amazing testimony. And, and and did it change your ability to process what what is potentially happening? Do you think you would have carried it around a little more heavily had you not had this external resource to reach out and ask for help?
1: Yeah, for sure. It, it's really helpful for me to talk to people and hear and and pro- like I'm an extrovert, so I process things by having conversations. And I've noticed this time and time again, when I'm struggling with something internally, I'm anxious about something and I don't tell people about it. It just festers and festers and grows and grows. When I just call, first I talk to my wife, we always have these conversations and then I call other friends and I just talk to them about it. I find with every conversation, I feel better, every yeah. conversation I feel better. So we're always so afraid to admit our vulnerabilities and the things that are struggling with. And I'm not just talking about cancer. I'm talking about like Oh, I'm thinking about starting a podcast and I'm terrified, or I'm thinking yeah. about talking to my boss about a promotion and I'm terrified, or I'm really embarrassed because I did this thing at work or whatever. Like we keep these things inside because we're afraid that people are going to judge us. But as soon as we open up and share with other people, it gives it power. It gives us power. It takes power away from that fear because you're, you're, you're owning it, right? And it gives people the opportunity to help you to say, oh yeah, I've been through that let me share with you my experience. Like you'd be amazed. We always think that our struggles are so unique to us when in actuality, almost everything that we struggle with, we've been through, someone else has experienced, someone else has been through it. And when we open up and share it, it's the same thing. Why, why I felt confident in writing my book and putting the the stuff out there in the book is because I know that everything I've struggled with and I've overcome. If I struggle with it, there are probably millions of people who have also struggled with it or still struggle with it today. And therefore, because I've overcome some of those things, I have the power to help them. And so I need to get this stuff out there. Just like you need to put this podcast out there and do all the things you're doing because of all you've overcome, you have the power to help other people that have been through the same thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, You have been such a joy to have on the podcast and you've been so generous with your time. I could talk to you for hours, Andy. You are inspiring. You're magnetic. You are so extroverted and fun to, to get to know and chat with. Um, but I really want you to hear me say, you're extraordinary. And I just really appreciate you coming and sharing your extraordinary with our audience so that they can have some of that infectious spirit so that they can take on their day and whatever dreams they have, it, just even in this moment in time. Um, if you are looking to find out more about Andy Storch, you can go to his website, andystorch.com. And I assume they can find your email, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, if they go to Yeah, your everything's
1: there. I'm, I'm on LinkedIn and Instagram uh, every day. So connect with me there. Let me know you heard me on this show. And most importantly, uh, if you like what we talked about today, go get my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. It's yes. available on Amazon. I've also created a companion journal to walk along with everything that I talk about in the book. You can, with all the questions and space to write things down and then 90 days to write every single morning, every single evening and track your progress because there's nothing more important. When you set a big goal, you've got to write it down. You've got to find some accountability. So do this with a friend uh, and track your progress along the way because what gets measured is what gets done. Um, So I'm really excited about having this journal out there as well uh, that people can use along with the book to go out, take ownership of their career, ownership of their life and really achieve their goals
0: absolutely yes i can't wait to see what you do next because i know there will be more coming and we do wish you the best in your health we wish you the best in your surgery we are giving you our sympathy and love because we care about you and you are an amazing human so thank you andy for joining us
1: thank you b i am grateful for you and for this opportunity and um thank you for everybody for listening as well
0: hey you guys it's b i wanted to give you a quick update on andy and what he is walking through Um, Since his surgery, he was courageous enough to come on the show and share what he is walking through. And of course, we want to respect his privacy and uh, what he and his wife are both doing to navigate this new stage of life. Andy is an incredible person. He is, in fact, as resilient as he seems on the show. And he is really taking all of the news that he is being delivered in stride and um, sort of just taking one step in front of the other and overcoming any adversity that comes with it. If you want to support Andy and you want to send him a note of encouragement, I'm going to drop all of his links in the show notes so you can reach out to him directly Um, and the biggest thing you can do right now for them is just support everything he's worked so hard to build. Andy has made some incredible moves to build and overcome and pivot during COVID-19 and this year which we all know has been insane and we want to keep seeing him rise and seeing him complete these challenges and accomplishments so go out buy his book read it over the holidays and I hope that you take inspiration from this show because I don't know where I would be if I was getting news like Andy has received recently and Just take his inspiration with you as you walk through your own holiday struggles. And we all know that each and every one of us is walking through a unique challenge during this time. Next week on Christmas Day, we have an incredible special guest coming on the show. This is a unique interview for me. I'm not supposed to interview or have a show next Friday, but I felt like this was such an important topic. And I think it's important to bring it to you on Christmas Day so it will air next Friday December 25th, 2020, and Jared Odal is going to be joining us from Ghana, where he lives cross-culturally with his family, and he is going to speak on male loneliness. Jared's message is so powerful and so important. Whether you are female or male, you will get a very valuable lesson from listening to this episode. We all know that The holidays can be a really hard time for a lot of people. There's a lot of loss this year. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of struggle. There's a lot of unemployment. There's a lot of divorce. There's a lot of loneliness. So if you are in that boat, even if you're surrounded by family and you are still feeling lonely, I really implore you to give next week's episode a listen and pass it along. Get this message out there so that uh, Jared can really build his platform and start speaking to more and more men about this subject. Thanks for listening to today's show and I look forward to connecting with you again tomorrow.